0: So today is the first of actually a two-week sermon. So if you're here today, you're going to need to be here next week to catch the tail end of this message, right? Because I, uh, so how many of you like to go on road trips? Anybody like to go on a road trip? Like to go anywhere, even if it's an hour down the road, two hours down the road. Like we, Sometimes we get in these moods where we just want to go away. We just want to get out of town, we want to go to another place, go to the beach for a day, go to the mountains for a day, whatever it is, we go somewhere. But how many of you like to get in a car and you literally have no idea where you're going, you just pe- press the gas and where you end up, you end up? Okay, there's two of you weirdos. The rest of you guys, no, I'm just kidding. The reality is, is most of us, right? Most of us. And even people that don't know where they're going per se, figure out where they're going so that they can take the right turns to get there, Right? Nobody gets in the car and just goes, I don't know, I'm just going to take it right here and then take a left here, and then we'll see where it goes. Everybody, You may get in the car and 10 minutes down the road go, oh, you know where I think I'm going to go? I'm going to go here. That's how most of us figure out where we're eating lunch, right, on Sundays. We just kind of go, I, I, San Jose, no, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to Jowar Cash instead, whatever it looks like, right, three U-turns later. I like getting in the car. I like driving, but I hate not knowing where I'm going. I can't stand it. Even, like, if I'm remotely familiar with the area. I still need to know that I know where I'm going. Does anybody else do this? Like you'll be in an area and you got the GPS on, right? You got the phone on and it's telling you where to turn and you're in an area that you're remotely familiar with. But whenever the GPS is on, you watch the GPS anyway and you do exactly what the GPS says and maybe you look at the turns, like the details list of the GPS first. Anybody with me? And like in that, you know where you're going. You're like, I've been there five times. I know how to get there, but the GPS, I just need to know, like, how far up here do I take this left, right? And, and, the, and, and here's it. When I was growing up, most of you guys are like this. You, you weren't given a GPS. You were told to turn at the tractor up the road on the corner, and then you get a quarter mile up the road from that, there's an oak patch, or an oak, oak, oak tree field, right? And you take a left at that oak tree field, and then when you see grandma's house, you're going too far. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, that's how, that's how most of us got directions. It drove me nuts. It drove me crazy until we got GPSs and now I pull up every time. This never fails. I'll pull up the address. I'll see the estimated time. And here's the first thing I do. I try to figure out how much time I can shave off of that. Right? Cuz it is a competition at that point. It it's me against Siri and Siri never wins right and then and then I'll pull up the details you know the little button on the bottom and it tells you details and it tells you everything even though I can see it on you know the map I want to see it written out and today what I felt like was a few night a few weeks ago <coughs> I gave a road map for where I felt like radiate church was going over the next 5 years and I did not intend to have this conversation on Sunday morning this was all a Friday night conversation this was all hey here's the turns here's where we're going here's what we're doing over the next five years of the existence of this church, because I have this crazy feeling that the next five years can be greater than the past 10. And three of you believe that with me. I really do. Like, I believe the next five can be greater than the previous 10 in a lot of different ways. And I, I got into this thing. I'm going to tell you, I'm trying to set it up for why I'm having this conversation on a Monday, on a Sunday morning. Um, I'm having this conversation because I got into this thing of thinking, I said, I remember a few weeks ago, I went home and I said, God, we're kind of in this season of momentum right now. It feels like there's a lot of growth. Like I'm telling, I'll go ahead and tell you, Radiate Church is right on the cusp. Like we are sick, I think we had like 706 this past Sunday in this building, last Sunday right here, hearing about Jesus, right? When we came back from COVID, we were at 225. When we left COVID, we were about 425. So in a year of having this building, we've gone from about 225 post-COVID to 706 in last Sunday. I'll talk about why numbers matter in a minute. God matters more, but numbers do matter. But I want you to hear me. I was in this thing, and I was thinking, I was like, God, we're in this season of momentum. What do I need to do? And I felt like God said something to me. And we're going into 1 Samuel chapter 14 to set this up. If you are at vision night, here's why I believe you're in the room to hear this today. Because we all, when you're driving on the GPS, doesn't Siri pop up and tell you in one mile, in one mile, you're going to need to take a left, right? Hey, in one mile, there's an accident ahead. Hey, in half a mile, take a right, get in the right lane, whatever it is. I believe if you were here on Vision Night and you're here today, the reason is is because we need to be reminded that hey, today we ramp it up. Hey, in one mile you're going to need to take a right. Hey, today here's the left you're going to need to take here, because there's these reminders. And I felt like God told me this. I felt like God said, Brandon, I don't give momentum for moments to enjoy. I give momentum to launch movements. I don't know if you're catching what I'm saying. Let me try to break it down for you. There are moments in your life and throughout the Bible to where you can celebrate the moment and they feel great. Momentum makes you feel like everything's rolling downhill as fast as it can. It's like a ball rolling down a steep hill and you can't stop it, right? Momentum keeps that thing going. But I felt like God told me, I didn't give you momentum to enjoy the moment. I gave you momentum to launch movements. And I was like, well, God, that sounds good like that. I can come up with that up here. Show me that that's not me and show me that that's you. And I went into the Bible, and I began to see moments that changed the course of everything. But it was really a movement launch that if we're not careful to read the whole story, we'll miss. Watch this. Watch this. Noah in the ark. We should all know that story, right? Noah in the ark. What happens? God floods the earth. He chooses Noah and his family to build the ark, two of each kind of animal, goes into the ark. They go into the, uh, uh, it rains for 40 days, 40 nights. They're in the ark for about 150 days total while it's drying up, all these things. And when they get off the ark, when everything's dry, what does God say when he gets off the ark? He says, now go and populate the earth. So watch this. I think we would all say that moment of the flood was a pretty miraculous, steadfast moment in the world, right? It changed things, didn't it? But God looked at Noah and said, now what I want you to do is take this moment and make it a movement. And the way you do that is you populate from what I created. Are you with me? Watch this, the woman with the issue of blood in the New Testament. Doctors can't heal her. She's got an issue of blood. Nothing can be done. She reaches out, touches the hem of Jesus' garment when he's passing by. He's not even paying attention to her. She just reaches out and touches him. He turns around. Who touched me? She says it was me. They point out that it was her. She's healed, right? But Jesus looks at her and says something. He says, because of your what? Faith, you are healed. But that's not all he said. What did he say on the other side? Now go and sin no more. In other words, this moment is momentous for you, and it's something you can enjoy. But if you go and sin no more, you take this moment and make it a movement. There's a way to live this thing on the other side. And here's what I believe. I believe that we can sit here as a church and be fine with 700. We can be fine. I don't think anybody in this room would go, ah, that, you know, we're good there. Let's stay there. I, I don't think anybody in this room would be like, I don't want 700. Because it's not my four and no more. It's not just let's create a holy huddle, as Pastor Daniel said last week, right? What is it? It is we are reaching people for the kingdom of God, not my comfort, but his kingdom. And so when we're in this thing, I'm at a place to where I feel like God's going, you got a choice. You can enjoy the moment or you can carry the movement. And I don't know about you, but as your pastor, I'm telling you, I don't want to just enjoy a moment. I want to celebrate the moment and carry the movement into the next season. I want to live different and carry it different and be different. I want to walk this thing out different. I want to do something different. I want to to reach more people. I want to reach 1,400 instead of 700. I want to reach 2,500 instead of 1,400. I want more and more baptisms and more people, and we're going to talk about all that in just, just a moment. But in 1 Samuel chapter 14, are you with me today? 1 Samuel chapter 14 and 6 through 10, there's this, Really cool story. I actually love this story. It's it's a fun story actually, and it's Jonathan. Jonathan is the son of Paul, and Jonathan Jonathan not Paul Saul, uh, the son of King Saul, and um, Jonathan was was a good dude. He had a he had a he had an armor bearer about him, and they were doing these Philist like they were coming up against the Philistines, and all this stuff was going on. And I'm trying to give you a quick backstory because I I'm, I'm more limited on time this this on Sundays than I am on on a Friday night. And Jonathan has his armor bearer about him. And and, and let's read this story. Here's what he says. Verses 6 through 10, 1 Samuel chapter 14. It says this. Then Jonathan said to the young man who was carrying his armor, his armor bearer, Come and let us cross over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Perhaps. Somebody say perhaps. That's the word you want to underline. That's the word you want to highlight in that today. Just that one word, perhaps. He says, let us go over there to the ones that can kill us. Let us go over there to the the ones that are coming against us. Let us go over there. And here's what he says. Because perhaps the Lord will work for us. He didn't say the Lord will. He didn't say, I know for 100% fact that when we go over there, God's going to do something and wipe them out. No, no, no. He said, let's go over there and maybe, possibly, perhaps, God will work, what? For us. For the Lord is not restrained to save by many or by few. His armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart to do. Turn yourself, and here I am with you according to your desire. In other words, his armor bearer goes, Jonathan, listen. You tell me what to do because I'm following you. You're the leader. And if God's telling you to let's go over there, when you turn around, I got you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cross that battle line because perhaps, maybe, by chance, God's going to work in our, our favor. Watch this. And his armor bearer said to him, uh, do all that is in your heart, turn yourself. Watch this, verse 8. Then Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over to the men, and we will reveal ourselves to them. Here's what he says. Y'all, this is crazy. He goes, it's me and, you, John, me and you, armor bearer. And there was one sword between them. And if you read earlier in the story, Jonathan goes, Give me your sword. The dude following him into armor or into war had no weapon, he just had faith. Some of us are more worried about the weapons we carry than the faith we have. We're more worried about what I can do with what I have than what God can do with what I withhold. Let me keep going, let me keep going. And he, and, he said, and, and he said, and if they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has given them into our hands, and this shall be a sign to us. Here's what Jonathan says. I don't know. This is in short. I don't know how this is going to turn out. You ever felt like that? You ever had these moments in your life where you go, God, I hear what you're saying. I just don't know how it's going to turn out. And most times when we feel like that, we don't follow through. Do you know why? Because we want to know the directions. I want to know what turn's coming up before I ever get to it. I want to know the roadblock before I ever get there. God, if I'm going to be held up for two hours in a traffic jam on I-20 going back to Virginia, I need to know. God, if I'm going to sit and I'm going to wait because of school traffic, let me know ahead of time. Most of us look at God and go, that sounds good. I appreciate you asking me to be a part of that, but until you can show me the destination before I get on the path, I'm not willing to walk the path. Isn't that how most of us are? And that's not, I'm just here to tell you, I want to blow up something. That's not how God works. Because the reality is if he showed you your destination before you ever put your foot on the gas on the, on the path, then you would not be able to handle what he's about to show you anyway. And it would freak you out in such a way that you'd never start on the journey. Because where you are right now, you need to, some of you need to write this down. What got you here will not get you there. And the problem is most of, it, most of us are still living in the here. And because we're still living in the here, we see where we want to go there, but we know that we don't have what it takes to get there, and so we discount our here, and we are there, and we'd rather stay here because there freaks us out. Listen to me. Right now, I pastor a church of 700 people, right? We've been knocking on that door for weeks, not just one, multiple weeks. When I get to a place where this church is over 1,000, I need you to hear me. I'm not going to be the same pastor I was. I'm not. Danielle, sitting on the front row right here, she serves our family in this church so well, and we love you. She's been with us since almost day one when there was 30 people in the room. Pastor Travis has been there since there was about 50, 60 people in the room. I'm not the same guy I was at that time. Watch this. Because if I was, there'd still be 50 or 60 people in the room. Some of you are still stuck in the same place you were spiritually because you're not willing to go where you need to go to get where God wants you to go. Come on. Is this helping anybody? And so, and so Jonathan looks at his armor bearer and goes, I don't know how this is going to turn out. But what I do know is who God is. And because I knew who God is, I'm willing to take a perhaps and say that if I do this, then maybe, by chance, possibly, perhaps, God will do something for me that I can't do for me. And some of us need a perhaps faith. Some of us need a faith to where we go, maybe if I invite that person, perhaps it'll change their life. Maybe, possibly, perhaps, if I pray that prayer, God will do something that I can't do. Maybe, possibly, perhaps, if I use the gift God put on the inside of me, then it will lead others to use the gift that God put it on the inside of them, and it will reach even more people than we ever thought possible. Maybe, possibly, perhaps, God, watch this, will do something for us that we cannot do for us. And what happens is we get lulled to sleep in a comfortable faith rather than a perhaps faith. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the 830 is getting this today. Pastor Daniel said y'all are the real Christians. Y'all are the real ones because you're up at 830. You're the ones that really love God. Perhaps God will do something. Perhaps. And I just want you to know today, like I'm praying a perhaps faith in your life. I don't care if this is your first time. With, if this is your first time with us today, I want you to know that you're here because God needs you to hear that He loves you and that He's got a plan for you and a purpose for you. And listen to me—not just that, but He is so big that anything you could dream of, perhaps He could do farther, even more greater than you could ever think or imagine. According to Ephesians chapter three, verse twenty. Listen to me. We can't get so lulled to sleep in faith that we forget that He's the God of the perhaps. Perhaps he'll change everything. When Megan and I started this church, it didn't make any doggone sense. None. None logical sense. Was. I didn't know how to plan a church. Nobody knew how to tell me to plant a church. Not the people I was connected to, at least. They were just like, that's a great idea. You should go do that. And I'm like, how? And they're like, I don't know. You show us. Right? Some people spoke into it. But a lot of people, because the way I wanted to do it was different. And that's a good thing. But I just looked at Megan, and I, I didn't say perhaps. But in my, my thought process, it was like, maybe we do this, and something great turns out. And I know some of your thoughts because I watch your Facebooks. So I know how you think. Yeah, perhaps something good will happen, but perhaps it won't. Perhaps I'll do something and fall flat on my, ha- my face. Perhaps you will. Perhaps you will. You know what you do in that moment? You look and go, hey, God, what you got next? Because I love what Pastor Daniel said last week when he, when, he, when he addressed the church. He said, the only time you lose is when you don't learn from a failure. Man, you know how many times I've failed at this pastoring thing? More times than I want to tell you. And more times than you want me to tell you. More times. Guess how many times I'm going to fail in the future? A lot. But I serve a perhaps God. I'm not in this thing for God to give me assurances. I'm in this thing to watch God change lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm just ready for some perhaps people. You know what I'm saying? I just wonder what could happen if we grabbed a hold of a perhaps, and we said maybe, possibly, perhaps, oh, God, with God's work on my behalf, something can take place because of the faith that I'm putting in action. Maybe, possibly, perhaps God can do more than I think he can do. What would happen if we grabbed perhaps and said, the God that I sing about is the God that I serve. The God that can move mountains in the Bible is the God that can move mountains in my life. The God that can move part of the Red Sea for the Israelites to walk through in the safety over the Egyptians is the same God that can heal you of anything that's been bogging you down for the for unforgiveness that's been in your life for 10 years. God goes, the Red Sea is an indicator that I will bring you through a dry land onto a safe ground, and you're gonna be okay. I got you. What if that was the God that we served? What if we stop serving? There's like four of you with me today, but we're good. What if we stop serving a goosebumps God? Listen, if my God can be relegated and downplayed and watered down to goosebumps, then my God is now relegated and watered down to an air conditioner turning on and the air hitting me the wrong way. I get goosebumps from that. I get goosebumps when my wife walks by me in the house at certain things that's the. That's from my God, but that's not my God. I want you to see the ridiculousness of chasing goosebumps rather than chasing a God that can do anything exceedingly, abundantly beyond all that I could think or imagine. Perhaps. Can somebody say perhaps in the room? This release of perhaps faith perhaps if we show up at 8.30 in the morning and we worship our guts out, perhaps it sets an atmosphere at 10 and 11.30 that draws people into the presence of God unlike any other time. Perhaps if I go to church or go to work after praying and seeking God that morning instead of complaining, perhaps it'll change lives. Perhaps my voice will make it through some free services. Doesn't sound like it, but it might. (laughs) perhaps and I love I'm going to be real with you I love that his armor bearer said you do all that's in your heart Jonathan I don't even need a sword man I just got you can I tell you something I got a perhaps faith for this church but I need some people that go I got you pastor when you turn around I got your back I'm not going to be stabbing you in it. I'm not going to be talking about it. I'm not going to be pushing your my vision. I'm going to be pushing yours. Why? Because every movement needs a leader, and every movement needs people. There's not a movement in the Bible that goes from a moment to a movement where a leader doesn't take charge. God always sets someone in place of the movement. And it takes people to go, I'm with that. I want to be in that movement. I want to do what I got to do with that. I'll charge hell and I will bust down the gates of hell and I'll rid hell of people and I'll fill heaven with those same people because I know the enemy has no stronghold in this place. We're going to be a part of a movement of a kingdom of God where people are freed and addictions are set free. Things change. Marriages change, lives change. They were really willing to risk whatever it took in order for God to show out. They said, If we go and we will reveal ourselves, perhaps God will give them into our hands. Watch this. You never know the outcome until you show up to the battle. Stop running from battles in your life. We serve a God that's bigger. We serve a God that's greater. The only sword you need is the sword of the Spirit. The only sword you need is the sword of his word because there's power. There's power in your perhaps. I want you to know that in your personal life. I've been talking a lot of corporate today. I want, to know, I want you to know that in your personal life. Whatever you're facing in your life. Maybe you know people facing something. Most battles need somebody to step up and go maybe if I do that, perhaps. Maybe if I trust God just a little bit. Maybe if I wake up 30 minutes earlier than normal and spend time in prayer, perhaps. Maybe if I hand out more invites than I've ever handed out before, perhaps. Maybe if I switch service times to 830, thank you, perhaps. See, Perhaps changes everything. There's power in your perhaps. Maybe if I change who I am as a spouse, perhaps. Are you with me today? Perhaps can change everything. I want to. I want to tell you that I, I believe we're just getting started. I want to. I want you to grab Pastor Travis. Hand me one of those. I want you to grab this card that's sitting. Uh, maybe it's under you. I don't know. Somewhere around you. It's a vision card for the next five years of Radiate Church. And, and I want you to know that this week, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about these specific. You need to be here next week. I'm telling you, this is a two-parter. This is not a one-parter. I'm not done after this week. I, I, this is literally half because we got more to do. Amen? You know why I believe the Lord? I, I felt like the Lord told me this this week. The reason God led me to preach what I preached the first two weeks of this series about Um, who God is and who Jesus is as the kingdom and who the Holy Spirit is is because the reason we needed to know that is because it takes all of that to do this. We're going somewhere. I want you to know the GPS is pulled up. And if you get on the bus, we're going where God wants us to go. And I want you with us. I don't care if it's the first time we met or the 50,000th time we met. I want you with me. I want you on that bus with me because we're going places. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not giving up. I'm telling you, God is going to change people's marriages. We're in a season in this world where people need the hope of Jesus more than they ever have. That I believe in my lifetime, it's time, y'all, for the church somewhere to rise up and step up and go. It's not that every other church is doing it wrong. It's just that we're going to fulfill our purpose, and we're going to do it our way, and we're going to do what God asked us to do, and we're on the bus. If you look at this card, I want you to take these. These are yours. I want you to take them and pray over them with us. Because it's got four vision lanes that we're all about here at Radiate Church. Know God, gather together, chase purpose, change the world. That's the four things we're about. That's what we focus on here. That's what we're all about. Know, and each one has three points under each one that we want to accomplish. And some of these are you're going to look at and go, great day, that is outlandish. And some of these you're going to go, I could do that in my sleep. That's the goal. I want you to be able to do something by tomorrow. I want to be able to come back in two years and go, guys, it didn't even take us five years. It didn't even take us half the time to get to where God told us to go. We pushed the accelerator because we had a team pushing us to go. I, you know what, what spurned this thought? It's Saturday night before Pastor Daniel came up here and preached Sunday morning. We were sitting at dinner, and I don't know if you were here last Sunday, but if you weren't, you need to go here. And Pastor Daniel looked at me, and he said, do you know what prosperity is? And I laughed. I was like, "Yes, yeah, the gospel we all make fun of. Every prosperity preacher out there, he started laughing. He said, no, I was picking. I wasn't being for real. He said, and he told us this Sunday morning, he said, the Hebrew, I think it was the Hebrew, the Hebrew idea of it or visualization is God's hand, you get to as far as you can go, and God takes his hand and pushes you further. And I, I remember praying after I heard that, and I said, God, that's what I want. I want to go as far as I can go but I want you to take your hand and put it behind this church. And I want you to take your hand and you put it behind me and you push me to every line that I can't get to by myself and beyond. Let's go through these real quick. No, God. Man, I don't want you or your friends or your family to just know about God. There's a lot of people that know about God and will die and go to hell. Because good behavior and moralistic behavior doesn't send you to heaven. It's the acceptance of a loving father. It's the embrace of a forgiving savior. I need you to hear me when I say that today. I don't want you to know about God. I want you to know God. I want you to know God personally and intimately. I want you to encounter God when you walk in here on a Sunday. I don't want you to just sing songs like glory and honor and power forever and all this. I don't want you to just sing about that. Those are great. I want you to go. I know that because I'm in his word and I'm in a life group that teaches me that. And I'm here on Sundays that teaches me that. And I pray and I know God on an intimate level. I don't know how many people stay married very long when they only know about their spouse, not know them. Man, let's know God personally. We want. I'm praying over the next five years for 500 people to come to know Jesus in a personal way through salvation. I'm praying for all 500 of those people to get baptized in the next five years. I want 500 plus salvations. In each one of these, you see a number I want you to put at least in front of it, at least 500 baptisms, the outward expression of inward change. And I'm praying that every person that calls Radiate Church home brings at least four people to this church a year you could do that and not even mean to you could accidentally leave an invite card on your restaurant table and bring somebody here's here's what i want to do i want to show you an, an, an avenue that we're we're praying over this I came in early this morning. I pray over this room every Sunday morning. And I'm in here. I I literally touch every single chair and pray over the the service and all before anybody walks in here. And I walk back to the back. And maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't paid attention to it, but there's a black wall in front of the production booth. And we're just asking you to write names of people you're praying for on that back wall. And then when they come to radiate and they give their lives to Jesus, I just want you to walk up and circle it because we're going to celebrate that things are coming full circle. And God's answering prayers and lives are are being changed. You can fill that wall up every single week. I do not care, because the more names we have, the more people we're praying for, and the more lives that are impacted, that we want people to know God here at Radiate Church. We want people to gather together. My vision, my goal, I've talked to Aaron about this, and Pastor Travis Aaron's our connection director about this. I want 100% participation in life groups at this church. I want every person that calls this church home to be a part of a life group. Do you know why? Y'all, we can't do this thing alone. I don't know how many people come up to me. Usually, I mean, it's, it's on average about a weekly basis. I don't have anybody to talk to about this. I don't have anybody to pray with. I need help knowing this. I need help with this. I had somebody come up to me one time, Uh, years ago and they said Brandon you're a good preacher just don't you grow too big now because you can't connect with people if you grow too big and I looked at them and I said my goal ain't to connect with everybody my goal is for everybody to connect with everybody the bigger we get the smaller we get I want everybody in a life group so we can talk about God together, so we can grow with God together, so we can know God personally together. I'm believing for 2,000 people in total attendance on a weekly basis by the, by the year 2027. Why? You're talking a lot about numbers today. Yes. Because I want you to understand every number is a soul. And every soul ends up somewhere. Every soul goes to heaven or hell. Every soul. Every soul. And I don't know about you, but I know... That the more people I get in the room when I'm talking about Jesus, the more people I know know about Jesus, and the more opportunity for them to know him personally, and I don't know about you, but I'd rather them be connected to a body of believers that loves them and loves him and will do anything we have for them and for him. I don't know about you, but if they ain't going nowhere, I'd rather them sit in here on a Sunday morning and get a fresh cup of hot coffee and get high-fived in the parking lot and get high-fived at the Connection Center and be a part of a body of believers that believes in them and him. I'm praying for three total campuses in the state of South Carolina within five years. We're in phase two of a four-phase launch in Florence. We're praying that by September we will have that thing fully launched. We are not there. We're not ready yet, but we're getting there. And when that one's launched, I've already been thinking about the next place. I've already been thinking about where we're going next. Why? Because I just don't think you need to take all the good and hold it in one spot. I think let's just, if God's doing something at Radiate Church, the goal was never to be in one location. The goal was always to be all over the state. And if God's doing something special at Radiate, like we all say that he is, shouldn't we want to share that? Let's go to Chase Purpose. Man, I'm praying that you're going to see this number and go, why 60? 60% team participation. Why? Because listen to me. If we're really excited about what God's doing, we should be bringing people every single week. First-time guests are not going to serve on teams, but family members do. And so we should, I want 40% guests every week, and I want 60% of the people in this church to go, I want to be a part of what God's doing here in some way, shape, or form, through kids, through parking, through campus operations, through production, through ushers, through safety, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. I want to serve what God's doing here. Don't, and listen, somebody was joking with me one time when they saw that and they said, I'll be a part of the uh, 40% that's not serving. I was like, I just don't know how you can't serve if you love God with all that you have. Shouldn't that be a part of it, man? Shouldn't you want to serve the church that he died for? 700 people graduate from Engage in the next five years. What's Engage? Engage is the opportunity for you to sit and know about the vision, the values, and the mission of this church and ask any question you want to ask. It's all right there. It happens at 8.30 every single Sunday morning. Did you know that over the past two months, March not included, we have graduated 22 different people onto teams from Engage? 22. That's 11 people a month for two months. Watch this. 700 people graduated from Engage means 11 people a month graduate over the next five years. We're already on track. We had record attendance this past one right now that's meeting right now. I want to establish a leadership academy with interns and people that are trained to go into the marketplace and into the world, into your workspaces, and be the best leaders that you can possibly be. Whatever that looks like, right? And then the last one's changed the world. We talk about this every week. I want to be more than a catchphrase. Y'all, here's what I know, and I want you to hear me. This is where you need to come back next week. We got more to talk about. I want you to hear me. We need a larger broadcast location. We either need to make this building bigger or we got to find a bigger building. You're like, we just moved in. Yeah, that's great. That's fine. We outgrew it. We're outgrowing it right now. That's what, I, don't, I don't know why that doesn't excite more people in the room. I think y'all are kind of freaked out by that. Is anybody excited about that? Come on now. Whatever that looks like, I'm, I'm committed to it. Let's do it. we got more people to reach. Amen? I'd love to own one secular business in the next five years. Here's what I mean by that. A dry cleaner, a barbershop, I don't know, just something to where every bit of, of, of profit that comes in goes to a ministry. Wouldn't it be able to great, great to go, hey, we own a dry cleaner. I'm just making stuff up off the top of my head for this. And we make $5,000 a month profit off of that. And because of that, we're sending it to um, Oliver Gospel Mission down the road, and we're giving them $5,000 a month right now, pure profit to feed homeless people and help shelter them. I don't know about you, but that's kingdom to me. That's kingdom. And I want to give away, give away at least $300,000 and serve over 25,000 hours over the next five years for this church. Come on. I want to give away money. I want to give away time. I want to give away our hottest hottest resources to make a difference in this world. Because I don't know about, listen, we've been talking about there's more. There's more. There's more. But I'm here to tell you something. There's more to do, y'all. There's more to get done in this community, and I want you with me, and I want to do this thing. And and can we just say that perhaps if we try some of this stuff, perhaps God does something amazing. Perhaps God does something phenomenal. Perhaps on our behalf, God saves our family and our friends and our coworkers we've been praying for. Perhaps the 803 gets shifted around. Perhaps the 843 in Florence gets shifted. Perhaps we fill up three services completely, and we need a fourth and a fifth. Perhaps people's lives are forever shifted because of the gospel of Jesus, perhaps. Now, I want to give you a challenge. Come back next week, because I need you to hear what we're immediately focusing on. What are we immediately, I'm not talking about like later, down. I'm talking about like right now, our focus, and what it looks like for you to be a Lego piece in the building of the vision that God's got for us. Would you, I want to, I want to, in this different. Pastor Travis is going to come up at the end and give us some next steps. But would you stand to your feet with me, real quick? And close your eyes and just, if you're in this thing and go, God, build a perhaps in me. Build a perhaps in me. Would you just lift your hands up to God in this moment and just go, Build perhaps in me, God. For the vision of this church, for the vision you have for my life, build a perhaps in me. God, thank you for who you are. Let us be a church. Of perhaps let us be followers of God that have a perhaps faith God we're not done we're just getting started and even if we just gave our lives to you last week or maybe today you know what the truth is God you're still God big enough of the perhaps so God help us follow you help us trust you and God I'm excited about our future because what I believe is we're just getting started. Father, we love you and we honor you. In your name we pray. Amen.